Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we enter the book of Mark at the beginning of chapter 4, where, as Pastor Jim will point out, marks a turning point in Jesus' ministry. What was the turning point? His teaching style shifted. He started teaching in parables, and he did so for reasons he explained plainly to his disciples. But didn't teaching in parables make his points more difficult to understand? Yes, it did. Well, then why did he choose to obscure his teaching in this way at this time? Well, it has something to do with the recent response of the people, and especially the religious leaders, to his teaching and miracles. You might even say it was a consequence of their rejection of him. And as Jesus goes to the sea and takes his place on a boat just offshore to teach these huge crowds, Pastor Jim will explain. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, The Kingdom of Heaven Today. Look, there's one and only king of the kingdom of heaven. And when Jesus came, he came as the king, he offered the kingdom to the Jews of his time. They rejected it because they rejected Jesus as the king. That's why we have this famous passage that we will be getting to again as we work our way through Mark. It's in Matthew 21, verses 42 through 44. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, the spiritual leaders of the Jews, and He said to them, Did you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. You the ones who should have embraced it. The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and be given to a nation producing the fruit of it. And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will scatter him to dust. Now, we'll pick that apart when we get there, but do you understand? Jesus came and offered the kingdom to the Jews who should have embraced the Messiah, and through the influence of their leaders, they, they flatly rejected Him, not just turning their backs, but accusing Him of being under the control of Satan Himself. That's why John 1.11, to put together a couple facets of the diamond, He came to His own, that pronoun own is neuter plural. He came to his own things. He came to his own world. He came to the world that he created. He came to his own things and those who were his own did not receive him as they should have. Now despite the rejection on behalf of the nation by the leaders of, of Israel, understand there is nothing that can, swart, that, that can thwart the offer of salvation to everyone who believes in Christ. John 1.11 is cleverly followed by John 1.12, right? But to as many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name. So, yeah, the, the, the nation rejected, but the invitation isn't closed. 
Now, these kingdom parables are all about explaining that there is now a period of time during which God's rule on earth is no longer focused through a specific nation. Israel is set aside for a season. Now it is a direct rule in the individual hearts of people who believe. Many call this the mystery form of the kingdom of God based on what Jesus says that we're going to look at in just a minute or two here. So pull out your kingdom diamond again. Look toward the light. Look at facet number five. This leads, or this follows directly from what we just said. Following the rejection of Christ by Israel comes a new form of the kingdom. This is the period of time, the time in which we live, that is described in in Mark 4 to a greater extent in Matthew 13 to a lesser extent in Luke 8 and in several other ancillary portions of Scripture. But rather than the arrival of the kingdom being a violent overthrow of one ruler by another, a defeat of one army by another, this will be a time compared more to the sowing of seed and the reaping of a harvest. And there will be biological terrorism by the enemy, counter-sowing weeds among the good seed. All the metaphors and comparisons that we're going to see in these, in these parables will have to do with a long-term process, a long-term battle between the forces committed to opposing the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of God in the lives of individuals. And during this era of God's kingdom, it is individuals who voluntarily become subjects of the Messiah King, Jesus Christ. And then once an individual becomes part of that uh, kingdom, they also become part of the family of God, part of the body of Christ. We, we, we become a, a, a collective group of worshipers, but it is by individual faith in Christ. Remember what we saw a little bit earlier? Colossians 1.13 For He delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. When you come to faith in Christ, you get transferred. Your citizenship is transferred immediately to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Now, during this time, while individual people are becoming citizens of this kingdom... The kingdom itself is still future. Hence we pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the good thing is that's going to happen. Now do you see the two things side by side? On the one hand, you are already a citizen of the kingdom of God. That can't be taken away. You have fantastic resources. You are secure in the the power of God. That's a done deal. But at the same time, you're looking forward to the blessed hope, the coming of the kingdom of God to earth when the king returns in power and glory. And that leads you to facet number six of your kingdom diamond. Number six, Jesus will return and reign on earth 
for 1,000 years. That's the day when the prayer is answered. May your kingdom come. For all the centuries of all the millions of people praying that way, the answer comes at the second coming. Now, the second coming of Jesus is recorded in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, in its greatest entirety. It's mentioned elsewhere many times as well. I strongly encourage you to come and join us in the fall when we resume our studies of the book of Revelation. And if Jesus doesn't come before then, we're going to finish that whole book, and uh, that'll include the second coming in chapter 19. Look what happens, though, right after the coming of Christ in chapter 20. I really don't think there ought to be a chapter break there, but they didn't ask me. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. This is right after Jesus has come, the battle of Armageddon has taken place, place, the rebellion is snuffed out. And John writes this, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old. Hey, We've just went, we just went from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm not even half done yet. Or I'm only about half done yet. The serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. And he bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. That enemy usurper king, he's having his heyday right now. Prince of the power of the air, the god of this age. But he's going to be imprisoned. And the true king, the king of kings and lord of lords, will reign on earth. And then at the end of that thousand years, the rebel king is going to be allowed one last little rebellious fling. Then he is judged and sent to his eternal punishment. So facet number seven of the kingdom diamond. Christ will give the kingdom to the Father for eternity. One verse embedded in The great resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, tells us about this. 1 Corinthians 15, 24. Then comes the end when He hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when He has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. In other words, when He has finished snuffing out the rebellion And after that comes the new heaven and the new earth. The whole Bible. Genesis to Revelation. It's all about this development of the kingdom of God. Oh, but it's all about a whole bunch of other things too. But you can hang it all together by tracing the development of the kingdom theme and looking at that kingdom diamond in all of its facets. So the summary is this. The parables we are about to be introduced with, introduced to, I should say, deal with the activity of God's rule during the time between the first and second coming of the king. This is the form that God's kingdom on earth takes during this age. Now, here's an interesting statistic for you. 
interpreting the Bible by statistical If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.